Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Good, thank you, Matty Crooks. I'm good, mate. Welcome back, episode 32. Uh, should be a good one, I reckon. How are you? Look, I'm great. Uh, I know you're well. Maybe a little bit sleep deprived. It's going to be a corker. It's going to be a Timmy Watson episode this week. 32. The big three, two. Mate, my brain is an absolute scramble right now, so I'm going to struggle to get you 32 at this point. I haven't even thought about it. I could give you something. Buddha Hawking. Buddha, Buddha Hawking. Buddha Whiskers Hawking. I could give you Whiskers Hawking. Yeah, definitely Buddha Hawking. I'll go with that, mate. I'm telling you what. Have you seen the episode of Seinfeld where uh, Jerry's over in Kramer's apartment because of the Kenny Rogers roasters and the red light shining through the window and Jerry seen can't it. get to sleep and he's all stressed and he's fucking Bob Sacramento's calling him at two in the morning? That's me, mate. That's me. Yeah. You've mentioned Bob Sacramento. I, I reckon the listeners, if the listeners could see you, there's a slight uh, entourage, the show entourage, Bob about you. Remember Bob Saget when he was very roby? For the listeners <laughs> yes. at home, the Mako Shark is nude with a robe on for all those female what, and male-inclined listeners. He's looking delightful. And for a man that hasn't had much sleep, he, he looks quite refreshed. So I reckon you're doing all right well, there, son. Has it been a big week? Tell, tell the listeners about your week. week. Huge week, dealing with a real new tin lid in the house. We're having a great time. We're loving it. We're uh, Some nights we're getting some sleep, some nights we're not. Last night was a probably, I don't know, three and a half to four hours, I would have thought. So we went out for the Dale's birthday with a bit of lunch there. So I've uh, had, a, I've had a good feed. If it wasn't for the podcast, I think I'd be sleeping on the couch right now. But you know what? I said, no, I'm pushing through for the listeners. listeners. And here I am, Matty. We gave you a glimpse into uh, how quick... Parenthood can change, didn't we, on Sunday? We had a kid eating eating a lovely uh, cheese platter, behaving, mm. doing everything right, and everyone's having a great time. It was like, hey, this is easy, this parenting shtick. We've got three kids, no, one's butching, there's some alcohol, there's some platters, and then out of nowhere, you get the, the, the violent vomit. And he's vomited three times in his life, so you're very <laughs> stiff. He was never a vomi baby, so... Look, going back, I think if you want to say, if you want to play the game of I told you so, I may have mentioned from my uh, bar stool, I reckon he's had a few too many olives. Let, let's let's give the kid a rest. And it was, no, no, leave him alone. And then what I wasn't aware that he was packing away the olives, just unbeknownst he's to me. Packing away biscuits and no olives. Be <laughs> oh, boy. He so was doing what, stuff. Ten, so yeah, that, the, that was fun. That was a quick. The nine-year-old baby was calm. The, uh, the 12, 13-week-old baby was calm. The two-year-old was having a great time. And then, yeah, tornado hit. <laughs> and it was a... Uh, Exciting little period of our life that was. So. Oh, that's just a little little glimpse. You wait till you sort of, then you'll get the uh, Anus explosions. There's all sorts of fun stuff to come. But anyway, talking about fun stuff to come, tell the listeners what's to come. What have we got coming up this week? Who have we got on? And yep. it's a big week for us this week from a podcast standpoint in a big event in Melbourne. Uh, give the listeners oh boy, a little rundown, we'll, uh, Mako Shark. We've got a huge episode coming at you this week, presented obviously by Palmavet, Australia's number one gambling agency. Bet responsibly, Matthew, as we always do each week. We We've do. got uh, a lot on this week. We've got Liam Wilson joining us this week on the pod, one of Australia's best and most exciting prospects. I wouldn't even call him a prospect anymore, Matty. He's a well-established character in the Australian boxing scene. This man has done a lot, and he's about to do some more coming up soon. He's got a lot ahead of him, I would have thought. Liam Wilson, he's got a big fight coming up at the end of next month. We're going to talk to him all about it, Matty. We're going to talk to him. We're going to dig into it. We're going to talk about his big win earlier in the year, uh, the big knockout win that he had there a couple uh, six weeks ago. 
He needed that. There's a lot to we'll talk about. It, but it was it was a big win for him because he'd been he'd been beaten by that opponent, and this was a mm-hmm. you lose, you really sport. fall down. We talk about that ladder. Yeah, you know, we talked about with our boys, the Maloney twins, about the uh, the ladder, the snakes and ladders. The boxing is off the back of a loss, and how ridiculous one loss can can be to a man's career. He'd had the one loss. If he had the second loss and didn't get redemption, yep. uh, he'd be in big yep. trouble. So it sh- talks a lot to a man's character to do that to a man of the opposing uh, man's ilk because he uh, he dropped him with a beautiful left hook, uh, followed up with another beautiful left hook, and it was Curtin's Goodnight Irene mm-hmm. to steal a, mm-hmm. a line from a potential guest in the future. But anyway, I reckon enough's enough with us. I reckon the listeners are here more so for the uh, the guest this week, Mako Shark. So take us in, mate, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Then we're obviously going to get to the big one this week, mate. We've got the Cambosis Haney fight coming up. We're going to really sink our teeth into that. Don't you worry about that, listeners. But yes, as you said, let's go. We've got Liam Wilson here. Here he is. Tick, tick, All right. Boom. We're bringing the noise. Go, baby, we bringing our toys. Separate me from the boys. Chopper be singing, should be on the voice. Bang, bang, we're going to ride out. Gang, gang, we don't die out. Want it like this, ain't no timeouts. Tell me who really going to find out. All righty, who the fuckers? We are back again this week with another big guest. We have one of Australia's best boxing talents with us this week, Liam Wilson. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We're super excited to have you on, mate. We've uh, we've had a bit of technical difficulties getting into it, which wouldn't be uh, an episode for us if we didn't have that, mate. Um, We're hoping that your camps had less difficulties than our technicalities with the podcast, mate. Just tell us how that's all going and... Tell, tell the listeners what you've got coming up. We've sort of already hyped it up before we've got the interview, but just tell the listeners what's uh, what's coming up, mate, how camp's going, and uh, a little bit about what you've been up yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm halfway through camp at the moment. I've got four weeks to go. I'm fighting on June 29, so I've got a hard fight against number nine in the world. We'll be fighting for the number two position in the WBO. Um, yeah, it's been so good. I'm, I'm fucking tired, sore, but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, um, you know, after the last fight I had, I had a good break and just got, yeah, had a few months off and back into this one, another hard fight. And, yeah, kind of motivating my own show, so I'm looking forward to it. Wanted to get into that. You're fighting uh, Matthias Rueda. I think I hopefully pronounced that correctly. The mate, he's uh, 37 and 1. He's got, what's he got, 32 KO. So he's a dangerous man. So is that something you like? You like having a fighter that, you know, you have to take seriously and, you know, he proposes a threat. So it makes you, like, want to be your best you possibly can yeah definitely i think me and my trainer did a like we've identified that probably probably in the last few flights we've both we've, we've basically said to to ourselves that we're gonna to have to take these hard fights from now on because if we fight someone lower or less than us or that or doesn't pose a threat we tend to drop down to their level whether that be in a fight or sparring or even in sparring i end up dropping down to just to a brawl or just a not a good boxing team so if we take these hard fights, I feel like I'm on edge. I feel like I've got to be on my game, and that's when I'll perform the best. How excited are you to uh, be headlining your first event with no limits? It's a pretty big, uh, pretty big occasion. They're uh, really getting behind you. Yeah, they are. Yeah, no, I feel so grateful. I've, um, you know, I've been very lucky to come and event some of the best fighters here, best fighters, best fighters, athletes, and um, you know, I feel so grateful to get this opportunity to do it myself. Um, you know, I feel like it has been a long time coming. And, yeah, I'm just excited to get in there and show Australia, you know, another good performance. 
good performance it's and a, a hard o- fight. I was just going to say, mate, sorry, it's a big uh, big opportunity for you um, to headline such an event. I, the No Limit guys seem seemingly have come in and really, um, I don't know if it's been the timing's been right, but obviously boxing at the moment is absolutely flying in this country and around the world. But they've come in with a really good sort of business plan, good promotions. Their cards are awesome. Like their cards are always stacked, always really good from start to finish. And it's a huge opportunity for you to be headlining one of them for what they've done with other fighters and where they've taken them. So you must just be pumped, um, not only to be working with them, but to be able to show Australia, you know, in a, in a prime slot, what you're about for people that might not have seen you before, not, not, you know, before opportunities like this. Yeah. yeah I think, um, you know, what they're doing for Australia, they're definitely up there with some of the best promoters in the world. Um, you know, when you think about some of the shows they have been holding with the attendance of people, um, they're, they're really not far from some of the best in the world. So I feel very proud to be a part of that. Um, a home, homegrown Australian company being No Limits. And I'm, yeah, I'm very proud. Did you say the number two spot in the WA rankings? Is that right? Yeah, number two spot in the w, WBO. So yeah, once, once we get that, it, it, everything will seem, you know, I'm getting pretty close to that world title shot. Um, you know, like, like I said before, I want to take these hard fights. And being number two in the world, I'm not far off it. So I'm not too sure what the plan is. Um, you know, we, we could fight Archie Sharp for a world title eliminator. I think he's number one. Yeah, he'd be number one, I think. So that's, that's a possibility. Or we could sit tight for a bit. And, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what the plan is. You know, it's something that I guess my team has got, you know, mapped out for me. But we'll get through this guy then. We'll reassess. Yeah, you're basically what you're one or two wins away from really putting yourself up there at the top of the uh, division, aren't you? Like as you said, mandatory sort of titles and stuff like that. So, yeah. if if I want to take that route, yeah, definitely. Like if I if I could, I'm in a position where I could really go for it, and it could be a, a few fights away, a couple of fights away, you know. So, but you know, I want to <clears throat> I want to get a few good hard fights in before I do fight for that world title. You know, I want to be nice and nice and prepared before it happens, and um, leave no stone unturned. And with the popularity of the sport in Australia, you might be able to do that on home soil, which would be good. You know, if it was a different different sort of decade, you, you know, when boxing wasn't as popular, you probably would have had to go over and fight in enemy territory yeah. for probably not much money, if if anything, and really put your whole life on hold to go over and probably be fighting against, you know, back against the wall stuff. But because there's so many quality promotions, the No Limit guys and other guys, there'll be other people wanting to come here and there's obviously other guys in Australia that um, command uh, what you're wanting from an opponent as well. So that's probably a, a good thing as well that you get to probably have those next uh, two or three fights after this or two fights after this, maybe on home yep. soil. And then if you you know get to that point, then you can go overseas and go from there. So that, that's probably a positive for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's funny because like a few years, I wouldn't say a few years ago, maybe five to six, there wasn't too much um, going around in the professional boxing game. Or definitely not the TV promotions or you know anything on Fox Sports. So I feel just grateful on that alone, being on um, being being able to fight on a platform that Australia gets gets to see, because there's no point in me having these skills and fighting in a pub in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of like that. Only a few years back, and you know, going back five, ten, fifteen years, yeah. unless it was Anthony Mundine, Danny Green, these types, or you know, like a Paul Gallon crossover. Blokes couldn't really get a get a foot in. So now with the likes of No Limits and DNL Promotions and Tasman Fighters, all these guys, there's so many opportunities for blokes like yourself as well. And like, there's just so many I could go through them. But shit, it's a good it's a good time for Aussie boxing, definitely. 
it's been it's been great. Even funny enough, like with COVID, it's kind of bring bring everyone together in a sense that you know certain fights have that have certain fights have happened that never would have happened. You know, people have been forced to face each other due to COVID, and um, yeah. it's sort of been a blessing in the for for our sport. Definitely, we've actually, had a few yeah, guys on. We've had a few guys on in the past, yeah. mate. That um have said it's hard to get fights, you know, prior to COVID and there's a lot of talking and, you know, people say they want to fight and then there's delays. You're probably lucky because you're through all that, but was that ever hard in your career to actually get consistent opponents and get some momentum because you feel like you want to fight, you say you want to fight, people say they want to fight, but then they don't. And and we've seen it with a couple of guests. We've oh. we've had uh, Benny Mahoney on and we've had Big Jackson Murray and they're sort of going through at the moment. They're, they're ready to go, they're fit, they've been in camp, but they just can't get an opponent. So... You must be feeling pretty blessed yeah. that you're through that hard stage and, you know, you're more, you know, on that next pill where you can actually, you know, you've got some fights ahead of you. Yeah, to be honest, um, I've, I've, I've offered everybody in my division for a fight and everybody in my division keeps my name out of their mouth. Um, I can't, <laughs> like, on my end, in my end, I, I've offered the fights firm. I want the fights. And these are the reasons why, you know, thank God I do love fighting. That's why I've taken on these hard fights that I have, taken on these risks took the rematch on straight away because there's no one in a show that really, you know, puts their, yeah, puts their words where mouth is. And um, yeah, for some reason, it never happens. Well, we've seen you absolutely fucking flatline blokes with that left hook. So I can't blame a lot of people maybe not wanting to step into the ring on a local level because I know I wouldn't want to get into the ring when that's going to come at my face. So I can understand it to a certain extent, but it's got to be, uh, it's got to be frustrating for you, definitely. Yeah, it is frustrating. And like, a, like, put it this way, if I didn't have no limits behind me, and that's my promoter, if I didn't have them behind me, I'd be absolutely fucked, I think. Yeah. I would be. Yeah. I don't know what I'd be doing. I wouldn't be in the I position. I saw on your, uh, yeah, definitely. I saw on your social media too, just recently, you're on a, a full blackout, media blackout on the social media, just putting the head down, focusing on training. How's that going? You were just uh, 100% focused right now? Yeah, 100%. We did it for the, uh, the rematch of Joe Noyne. Um, I just didn't want to say any negative stuff, and I knew I would have. Um, just you know, with 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 me taking on the rematch by itself, people would have been running me down, saying I wasn't ready for it. And my trainer and just people around me thought it'd be the best idea not to see that stuff and focus on the sky 100%. So that's what we did for that one. It seemed to work very good with training. And um, so yeah, we thought, why not? We'll just do this for the rest of my career and do it for all the all these fights that I have coming up because. Even though I'm going through my 12th fight, always these fights are pretty important. You know, I'm, I'm motivated and I'm taking the hard fights. So that's what we're going to do from now on: is flick off the social media and get get stuck into training. And as you know what it's like, you 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 be at home at nine nine o'clock at night, sitting on your phone, and it's eleven thirty at night. So that's just to chuck it away. And uh, yeah, very hard. Um, you mentioned the rematch with uh, with uh, Nanoi, and he came in four kilos heavier at weigh-in, yeah. I guess the proof's in the pudding with how confident you were in not only your ability but your camp that you'd done because you weren't going to let something like that take away what you, I guess, were wanting to show that you could do. And, was, uh, and a lot of other guys would have said, no, nah, fucking four kilos, you know, at this weight, that's that's ridiculous. But you went in there and then absolutely iced him pretty uh, convincingly yeah. and quick. So I just, I'd like to know your thoughts on when he did that. Were you disappointed or were you like, motivated to be like well fuck this guy like i've put in the effort at my camp you know and he's come in sloppy or not sloppy but heavy yeah and yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't yeah. respect the the rematch as much as you obviously did 
Yeah, yeah, simple as that. I think, um, I think exactly what you just said. Because for me, I prepared for the guy that knocked me out eight months prior to that. I don't know five days out that he was four kilos overweight or whatever he was. He would have, he would have been pretty damn heavy to be four kilos over at the weigh-in. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I was there for one job, one thing to do, and that was to beat Joe Noine. I prepared for the guy that knocked me out eight months prior to it. And, you know, that was his own undoing. And it's funny. I had a, I had a bit of joy seeing. Oh, I had a bit of joy seeing it because it wasn't my wasn't my problem. But I felt like the tables had turned. Like I felt like I was in that position eight months prior. Not that I was underprepared or underestimating. You know, in hindsight, thinking about it, maybe I did a little bit. And um, you know, I was fat. You know, heavier. Probably didn't really. You know, I had need. I had to neaten up a lot of things on my end to be the ultimate professional. And I did that in the rematch. And. I come in the way that I did, and I was I was fresh, and I don't know what happened on his end, whether it was an injury or I'm not too sure. I don't I just don't see how a, a world rated fighter mm. has so much on the line could get so heavy. So I have no idea what happened on his end. No, it's, it's I don't know. You might have had a health who knows, but a seasoned professional from sitting four kilos is almost like a piss take, isn't it? It's not like you just missed. It was. I've never seen that. In, any fight in my life, even four kilos is a lot of weight, and he would have cut to get down just to that. So it, was, it would have been. And I actually seen him the day before. We had a little test weigh in, and I was only like, usually I'm the one that four or five kilos over the day before. Yeah. And I, I was, I was only at one point two kilos over. I lose that in about twenty minutes if I wanted to. And I, I looked in his face, and I could see that he he did look a bit drained and a bit. I don't know. He he just looked a bit drained, or something was off. And um, yep. then I heard the news at the way and he was four kilos over. It all sort of clicked and made sense. And I thought, you know what, my, this is my fucking time. I thought somehow it has all gone in my favour here. Like, you know, I, I was ready for a fight. I could have fought any, anyone on that day. I felt like I would have performed very well. And um, just it, it was in my favour because uh, I worked very hard for it. We're both uh, sort of six foot five, six six, pretty large fellas. If you've got any of these one point two kilos in twenty minute tricks, just send that through to us, mate. Off air, I'd love it. <laughs> oh mate, they work a treat. My knees are very no, painful. <laughs> mate, you wanna? You just the old hot bath trick. Okay, Ooh, it's dreadful. Yeah, mate. Exactly, um, definitely. we've spoken to boxers on this podcast and we've had MMA guys on and we both we we love both sports and we find that the UFC yeah. especially when someone is perceived as having ability a loss doesn't doesn't put a line through their name or send them to the very back of the line in boxing it's still super archaic with one loss you know it's like the snakes and ladders it can you can slide all the way back so talking about that fight that rematch him being 4 kilos heavier like for you to have another loss there, it's almost like you're really back to the you know the way boxing works. How it, much pressure was it, there on you for that fight with with knowing the, how the way boxing works with when a person takes a loss, especially a, a second loss in a row, how detrimental that can yeah. be? How much pressure did you feel, or did you just take it in your well? In, in, well, well, it was shit because I knew how boxing worked. Mm, if um, mm-hmm. but I have the years that you know, I lost that loss. A loss shouldn't mean shit. If you got beat by the best in the world, how are you a hot job the next day? You know what I mean? So I love how the UFC run their promotion and how it all works. And that makes complete sense. There's so many good fighters in boxing still, like Gabriel Rosado. He's had 15 or 12 losses or something like something crazy like that. And he's still a very good fighter. Yeah. And 
that, but yeah, I had in my head the way the boxing works, unfortunately, this sport that I love, I knew how it worked and how bad it could be if I did lose the fight. So, you know, for the, for the whole preparation, so eight, eight, eight months between them, that was in my mind. My mind was in all sorts of things, like in all sorts of avenues. I obviously had me, the, my mind was on the job and I was to win. Also, I had my mind if, fuck, what happens if I lose? Can mm -hmm. I come back? If I did, where would I be? Um, what would my kids think? What would my friend? I had my, I knew, I knew my friend, my family was doubting me. They were saying, "Is it too soon? Should you do it? Should you not?" And I knew I had a lot of friends and a lot of close people to me that would probably be a bit nervous and scared for me to take that rematch. But I had to know myself that I was confident. I'm, I had a big dent in my pride, and the reason I took the rematch was for my reputation and just who I am as a person. I want to show Australia that um they do have another world champion on their hands and if I if I took a step back from that loss, I was never gonna be a world champion. And um I was just I, I still remember how I was feeling in that whole fight, even up to when I got stopped, I thought even up to up to then I was I was winning and I thought, fuck this guy's gonna be out of the end a couple more rounds and I was and I was right. Unfortunately I didn't get to there and he got rid of me. So I still had that in my mind in the whole preparation for the next one. And um I was going to walk through him, both, both fights. I just had to stay composed, box smart. And I think that's what I realized now. If I box, more power comes with it. And, yeah, I don't need to brawl and slug with these guys. I just want to touch on that first so, fight with Noine. Like, that was the first time you had tasted defeat in your professional career. What kind of lessons did you learn from that? Did it sort of, uh, obviously, you didn't feel good after it, but did it take you back and you sort of got to look at yourself a little bit and learn where you needed to go right and in? Not a blessing in disguise, but yeah. did you take things from it that uh, ended up being a positive, especially in the rematch? Yeah, yeah no. Nah. And honestly, I reckon it was a blessing in disguise. I'm so, so, so grateful and thankful that I lost. And I, I say that with so much happiness and pride, hey, because it made me who I am today. And um, I, had a, I had to overcome a lot of hurdles to, to get to where I am right now. And it really did build me into a much bigger and stronger fighter and a lot more smarter and more calculated and bring me back to yeah. what I am. I think, I think I got a bit too complacent with myself and boxing. Um, you know, without without realising it, I'd walk in, get three guys, and they'd fall down. And, um, you know, when I got to that level and I was, I was hitting these guys, I'm thinking, fuck, this guy's still here. I'm like, fuck. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Like, I've, I've never been dropped before. Then all of a sudden I'm down. I'm like, fuck, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> so yeah. there's a few things yep. I didn't really comprehend. Obviously, I had time to reflect in the time that I had off after it. I had time to reflect, and I literally, for eight months, I studied him, and I obsessed about him, and um, fuck, he was, in my mind, fucking, oh, it was so dreadful. But yeah, I had him on my mind that much. I knew him better than him. He knew himself, and it was just a matter of when that fight, the rematch happened. Um, and, I, and I wanted the rematch straight away. I didn't want I didn't want him to go off and fight somewhere else and maybe lose before I got him again because I feel I could take the credibility away with my win if I if, or when, yep. if I did get a hold of him. So I'm so so glad I got that rematch straight away. I think watching the rematch, I think he that first time you knocked him down, I think you could see the panic flush over him, and he was like, "Uh oh, he's probably feeling what you were feeling in the first fight." In like, "Hang on, how am I on my back?" And then. That second left that you, you know when you got up and then you hit him again and dropped him flat like that was as clean a punch and he his team as well which is rare in boxing I find where teams actually look after their fighters yeah. he got back up but they threw it in they're like this is not they were right in well, yeah. they were 
It was it, good it, to see mercy and good to see respect for what you'd done to him because they knew he was yeah. cooked, like he was finished. Yeah. It was weird because he went down so hard but got up <laughs> so quick. But, yeah, he yeah. definitely was um, – you know, it would have ended bad for him. Mm. But um, it was weird because I had – and it was, my mind was everywhere because obviously it was going off the wane the day before. His four kilos over. So, obviously, you can't, your mind sort of goes down avenues of like, oh, yeah, maybe he's not prepared or he's this and that. But he came out really hard. He came out strong, fast and sharp. And then I was like, fuck, am I wrong here? What's going on here? <laughs> so I, uh, I just had to stick to my boxing, what I've been doing for, fuck, this this camp was fucking eight months long. Like, it was crazy. So I just had to really stick, I really drummed it down. And it was funny, in the fight, he was doing stuff and I was laughing at him in my head thinking, don't fucking try that. Not again. Oh. I was laughing at him. I was one, I was yeah. one step ahead of him the Ain't whole time. Ain't going to work with Tom. Yeah. Not fucking that. Don't even fucking try it. And um, when I, I remember, actually, I remember clear as day when I started landing that right hand and he was sort of mimicking, mimicking, like, mimicking it like he was wobbled. And I thought, fuck, I found my range here. And then I, I knew if I can just tap that right hand again, if that, if that right hand can land, this left hook is fucking waiting for him. Can you run me through what it feels like, right? Because the left that dropped him was just beautiful. And then you had that left that you fucking destroyed uh, Jesus back in 2020 that knocked him out for God knows how long, probably the knockout of the year. Like, what does that feel like? like? We played cricket when I was younger, and sometimes when you just flush the ball, it just feels good. You can just tell you've really middled one, right? You don't even feel the ball. Is that what it feels like to knock a bloke out like that? Like, what does it actually – can you just tell, like, all right, that's the shot. Like, I've fucked him here. Yeah, it feels it feels like a punch that you you didn't think because you can you can see you know the punch that you thrown, then you see their body reaction off it, and you think fuck I didn't know if I, I didn't think I put that much power into that shot to make them do that, but um yeah you can, you can tell because it, it's just the way their body reacts after it it's just yeah it's hard, it to, hard to explain. To what a lot of people say it's like it's not always the shot that you put everything into it's just the one that you time perfectly isn't it. A hundred percent, and that's why. I think that's where I got a bit too complacent. Even the the nine of the first fight, my style of boxing in the first fight compared to the second fight was completely two different things. I was just trying to walk him down, walk through him, like I like I've been doing for the last sixteen years or fifteen years prior to that, and just you know banking on my power and walking these guys down and coming out for the win. But um, you know, it, yeah, even though you are a big puncher and you load up on all your punches, you end up becoming sloppy. So I just had to really trust that I, I had that natural power anyway. And if I boxed, the boxing would take over. The, bo- the boxing would get me the win anyway. But then hopefully the power comes with it anyway. So I, I just I just had to trust my abilities and just I had I just had to sometimes put, bring myself back to earth and think, okay, I've, I've been boxing for fifteen years. My boxing abilities are much sharper than his, or much sharper than most people's. And so I had I've to just buy my- it. I was just going to say, if I've got my maths right, mate, you're around, I think you're 26 from what my research says. So if you've been boxing for the uh, 15 years, you were, you were a very young tacker when you got into it. We wanted to, and we always like to ask how you found yourself getting into the sport and did you did it come through another avenue playing something else or was it just boxing and you didn't really play other sports? And I guess was there a was, time when you were doing done. it that you felt really like you had something that you knew that you were sort of special with it? I was, I was playing soccer actually at the time, so I was playing on under sixes. And then um, when I was 10 years old, I had, um, I, I've always had, if I, if I didn't find boxing, I would have found some sort of combat sport. It, it would have been MMA, Muay Thai, some, some sort of combat for sure. And um, just luckily boxing found me. But I, I think, 
I was um I was just even in the schoolyard I wasn't a blue or nothing. I was a little twenty kilo kid, little blonde hair, blue eyes, and I was not a bully. But um I always had that fighting mentality. Like I was a t- I was toughest out of my group of group of friends, and my best friend came to school that day with a boxing trophy, and I was so jealous. I thought, what? Nah, I'm the fucking fighter. Here. I'm the I'm the fighter. <laughs> I told my dad, Who are you? Told my dad that day. I said, yeah, yeah, I was. I was so jealous. I told my dad that day. I said, can you take me down to the local boxing gym? And um, he took me down there. So I was doing soccer and boxing together at the same time. That was at a, uh, a country town called Kingaroy up in Queensland. And I was I had ten fights under that club. And then I moved to Caboolture, which is just north of Brisbane. Yep. And um, that's yeah, just got yeah. And I remember for the, for the three years I had the ten fights. My, I, was, I was training under this old bloke, and he'd, he'd always try and. Uh, his name's Lenny Hands, and he used to always try and get me to fight, and I never, I wouldn't have make up so many excuses like I had a soccer game on or etc. etc. And I just, I love fighting, but comp- the competing side to it, the nerves and that, I just couldn't really stomach. And um, then I moved to Caboolture, moved to Caboolture, and I had another maybe a hundred fights under that trainer, Don Tyndall. Wow. And I. And it sort of just bring me out of, me, out of my shell a bit. I really realized, because what happened was I, I had a, I had probably about four, uh, actually, I only had 20 fights, I think. And I actually got selected to go to Russia um, in 2000 and 2010. And it was my first international trip away. I was 14. I went with George Kambosis and uh, Jeff Horn. We went to a place wow. called Komsomosk at the top of And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, we all came off the win, I'm pretty sure, for my, if my memory serves me correctly. And um, I, I just, even now, I still think there was, sorry, yeah, the messages. Even now, I think there's, there's right. been two great champions come from it. Uh, hopefully, I can be the third one. Absolutely. So. Bloody good uh, company, that three I, there, right there. Fuck. I just found that, I found yeah. the two sports you played very similar in the, the toughness. Soccer and b- boxing is in, you know, one, <laughs> you probably got a few red cards if you took that aggression. From the boxing, if you forgot what you were doing for a second, you'd be uh, finding yourself off the pitch. Honestly, I've got a older brother still plays soccer, and he is very—he is so aggressive, just like <laughs> myself. He's just—he's so, an older version of me, and he spends. Last year, he spent so so many times on the sideline. He was suspended from so many games because just because of his aggression, <laughs> and that has been his me as well. Whether whatever sport we would have been in. And, um, so you've headed overseas, yeah. what, at 14 with Cambosis, Horn, these these blokes. So from yep. that moment on, you just knew this is what I'm going to do with my life? I, yeah, I think that was the, the real big turning point for me. That was the turning point for me. I knew what my goal was going to be and I was like, fuck, you know, I'm 14 years old and I've never even been on a plane before, but here I am going to Russia. So I knew mm. that really, really made, that made the path really clear for me. I think even at that time, my mum didn't even know what the big what it was. She thought I was doing backyard local tournaments, and here I am going to run. And because I left yeah. home quite early, I left home quite early, and, and in that time, I was going on a lot of trips overseas, getting selected for all these things. But me and my mum never had that relationship, and I still think she never seen, she never knew what I was doing. She thought I was just doing backyard local tournaments, and here I am going to Serbia, Germany, boxing all over the world through Europe. And um, fighting some very good opponents and opposition, and yes, yeah, it's it it good. It's good. And then, like obviously, as I've gotten older, I made the Commonwealth Games. It was, it was good to show my mum, like I have fucking made it because I have a twin sister. She's same age as me, but I know as a mother, she would sit there and say to me, uh, "Yeah, Liam. So your brothers are working, your sisters are working. 
and what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was on, I was, on, I was still on selling until twenty one, so I didn't really have much of a much to stand on other than the only thing I could say to my mum was, "Listen, mum, I don't care if I start working on thirty, but I'll know very soon if I have this in me or not, or if this can make me money." So then I made the Commonwealth Games, and I think she had a bit of a bit of a bit of a bit more of a better insult or a better view that where I was going. But even then, I was an amateur. You don't earn money then. Can I turn professional? And yeah, here I am. I had a, I turned professional because I, have a, I had a beautiful little girl on the way, and I thought, fuck, well, I'm either gonna have to work and try and do professional boxing, or just hopefully turn professional and I can some you know fund my lifestyle and fund my family through that. So that's that's really the only reason I turned professional. I was gonna actually mention that, mate. You're 26. I think you've got two kids. I'm uh, I'm 37 and yeah. I've just had a little girl myself. She's 11 days old and she's probably crying in the background. Hopefully you can't hear her. But mate, at 26, nah. how much does that just give you the drive and the uh, the passion to just achieve your dreams, mate, and uh, give them the life that they deserve? Yeah, it's, it's great. And because um, like I've seen myself and I see other 26 year olds out there, and, and you know everyone has different lives. So, but um. I'm just grateful to have, you know, I have a, I have a beautiful partner, I have two beautiful kids and, you know, I do, I do this all for them and my family and, you know, they, they put up with my shit through camp and I am the most grumpiest fucking thing throughout camp and so, you know, for them to put up with me and even after my fight, I just, I try and give back to them. The last fight was a bit hard, I just, my, my mind was elsewhere but, you know, they, they stick by me and they, they do motivate me to be... The best person that I can be, um, in this in the sport that I love boxing. I love, I mean, all these accomplishments are great and everything, but the best thing that I've ever done in my life is bring my kids into the ring with me after I win, and I just hope that they look back on that when they're older and show their friends, and you know, they just take on that memory for themselves. I think they would, mate. I mean, I've got a two and a two and a close to two and a half year old and a fourteen week old. Little girl, but I still run around local footy. And after, after the game, my wife brings my boy down, and he, the, the look on his face just coming and seeing me at local footy. Keller has an impression on him, so you're you're doing it at an elite yeah. level. So there's absolutely going to be a time where they look back and think, "How cool was that? It was great." You give them an yeah. experience like that, and a, you know, and a memory that they might not remember all the time, but you've got them, yeah. and you know, it's just something that will be embedded in them. So I think that's really good, and it, it's a reward for them as well to be a part of what you're doing because it's it's all you know. You're off at camp, but then you've got your partner putting yeah. in probably more hours with the kids. It's a, it's, a, it's not oh, just you; it's a family my, effort, isn't it? Oh fuck! Like my my missus, she um the amount of shit she puts up with, and like throughout camp, I, I mean, I wouldn't even be where I am without her. She helps me out throughout camp every day. I wouldn't be able to look after my kids without her. The house is clean. The, the clothes are folded. You know, the food's cooked. Um, I, I would be actually lost without her. So I didn't. Uh, you know, I thank her so much for that. And I probably don't show it enough. I definitely don't. But she's a big part of my team, and she always has been. Um, Just tell her to listen yeah, to like, the episode, mate, and then she'll know. We need all the downloads we will. get. Tell her. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep that quiet because she can probably listen in. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell her. I um, but yeah. In, in regards to like my kids looking back on it, that's another reason I took the rematch. I fucking I had a big dent in my pride, and I just thought, this is how I think. I think like my kids could go back in future, say in ten years, and they could look back on YouTube and show their friends that he's lost to Joe Noyne. And I'm like, fuck, I, I can change that by them going, yeah, well, here's his loss, but here's his next fight day knocking him out. So, fuck and that's no, no, no. that's actually true. 
Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, fucking. But yeah, that, that's actual <laughs> truth. So, um, but yeah, that's the truth. So I just wanted to change a bit of just the, yeah, my, my kids' outlook on the whole little saga I went through because it was a nightmare. Mate, we're conscious of your time, but um, I'd like to, we've probably got one or two more if you don't no, mind. It's um, so no, 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 about that. it's fine. I appreciate that. You talk about when you went over to, you know, pretty uh, scarce places as a, a early teenager. Do you think um, those experiences sort of help you in, in this part of your career now because you've gone and fought in really, you know, volatile countries and Definitely. as a kid you've seen things that probably a lot of other kids haven't seen and had the experiences and then you get to your professional career and you might have to go and fight in a weird place but you've already done it, right? You, so you sort of almost yeah. pre-prepared yourself for that scenario and do you think that's going to help you down yeah. the line? Yeah, definitely. I think, and even as a young kid, I always had a mature mindset, even when I was fighting. I used to actually always think, even as a young kid, I'd be in the ring against Russia or whoever it might be, a tough European country, and I'd think, if I give this guy a hard round, the hard first round, he'd be thinking, fuck, this is Australian, shouldn't be doing that. Then the next round is coming, and then the third round's coming, and I think that got me a lot of my wins. I think that just couldn't handle, you know? And that's why I think George can boast his yeah. win this weekend as well. He'll be there at round six Pressure. and he'll be even stronger yep. than he was in the first. And these these Americans, the so-called best in the world, will be in for a rude shock. And um, that, that was my mindset. I wanted to ask you about that. I wanted to ask you who you thought would win and how you thought the fight would go. We, we've sort of pre-recorded what our thoughts were and we thought that we, we know what Cambosis is made of after that last fight and we know that you have to be a special person to be able to put him out. We don't know what Haney's made of really yet, but we're going to find out after the weekend, aren't we? Because... He's going to be taken very deep, and um, if he wins, it's going to be very well earned, and he's going to have to go through a really hard man on the other side that's got a, a massive heart and a massive. He's, he prepares as well as anyone, yeah. so it's going to be a really good. I think a really good fan fight. What do you think? It's going to be great. I think. Um, I think they're going to. I think. Um, they're, I don't know about the whole world, but I think the Americans have underestimated George. They haven't given him the full credi- yeah. the credibility for his win against Tiafimo, and um, that will be all of their undoing if they do fight, fight him, you know, because I feel like, yeah, he'll get to round three, four, five, six, and they'll be thinking like Tia did, fuck, he shouldn't be still here, mm-hmm. just, like my, 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 just like my mindset was as a young kid. Fuck, this, this is shown should not be here, but he's here and he's getting stronger. So I think George wins quite comfortably, to be honest, and I think he wins on points. Or maybe a yeah. late stoppage. I think Haney is the weak, link, the weak link of the division. I've always thought that. And I think George is going to... Yeah, no. I think George wins quite comfortably. Mate, and incredible like, scenes. Yeah. Incredible scenes. And, and I'm, I've, seen, I've seen... And that's the thing. I've, I've travelled with George to Russia when I was young. Um, and even then, so he was 16, I was 14. And he was like... He was just so confident. I've seen him lose many times as an amateur. Um, lose and he, he'd still be adamant on the fact that he was the best yeah, that's alright I'm the best still and he, he hasn't changed one bit and he's shown that later on in life now that if you back yourself and you're confident in your abilities it will prevail and that's exactly what's happened you can tell that with George it's like becoming world champ has just been seamless for him the way he handles himself, the way he walks, the way he talks the way he dresses, he's, he's built for this stage I reckon, the way he, I'm the world champion oh. I'm the best, fuck, the, fuck all of you I'm better than you, That's and you can oh. tell he's had that since a young age by the sound of it 
Yeah, definitely. He he just he suits that role. He's supposed to be there. You know, people say that they were born for this or made for it, and I believe he was. Um, yeah, no, I can't wait for it. I don't fuck. I can't wait for because who will he fight after this? He will fight Haney, and oh, then definitely. Actually, one with, I, I, I can't remember. Wins. There was a few blokes that were trying to get him. Uh, Garcia was oh. was putting was Garcia was wanting to fight him. Uh, Lomachenko yeah. was, Lomachenko, was also, yeah. uh, so there was a couple. Uh, he, he, I, we, we were talking about it before, mate. He's got whoever his people oh. are that have put this in place. He's got a rematch clause on home soil if he loses. So there's another big fight for him yeah. in Australia. So he gets two cracks of being the undisputed um, champion. And if he wins it, it takes him to that next echelon when it's you're starting to make Thank serious, you. serious cash. And obviously being. Um, being able to pick and choose what you want to do and how you want to do it. Yeah. So I, I, I can't see him losing twice. So he's going to win it at one point, you'd think. So yeah. it's, it's a massive yeah. uh, tick for his, for his people. He's in, it's crazy, yeah. He's in a tough position for the ball. Well, he's put himself in that position and he obviously thrives on it because if he beats if he beats Haney, he's only going to be fought the next best and the next best and the next best. Yeah. So he's 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 in a tough position, and obviously he likes that. So it's it's all credit to him, and good on him. Fucking, my, I, I I um I actually I have to say, yeah, I do idolise him in, in a sense. Like he's the way he's taken it, and you know, I'm, I'm no George Cambosis, but I think I'm nearly the next you know up and comer that's trying to do that. I'm trying to make my own story, and I'm I'm sure. taking these hard fights that nobody in the show is doing. I'm only 11 fights in my career, and I feel like there's not one other, no other shame that's taken the steps that I have had, I have done, and you know, not not trying to blow my own taunt, uh, you know, but yeah, I just think, you know, I'd like to think I'm taking that path as well, the hard path. You know, I haven't been to America like he has, but I've I've took the hardest fights I can possibly do, even in Australia. I've got I've had international opponents come on. I fought Jesus Quadro when I was um, six fights into my career. And he, he just went the, the distance with Jojo Diaz five months before that. So I'm, I'm definitely trying to test myself and I'm going to do it again and then get through this guy and do it again. And, yeah. Mate, and, mate and you're, on, um, you're well within your right to blow your own horn on this podcast. We blow our own yeah. horn and we haven't been in the ring once. So you're, this is the place to do it, mate. I was going to say, you're oh, on Australia's yeah, hottest podcast here, so this is the place to toot your horn, mate. Just do it. Just toot away. <laughs> really? But yeah, no, like so, I'm yeah. I wanna. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Like, um, I'm all about testing myself. I don't think, I, like I said, I, I honestly don't think I can fight someone lower or less than me or a basics person because I, I will drop down to a level. So for me, it's it's gonna be a fast track career, I believe, and we're just gonna fight whoever's in front of me. Love it. I would um I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. We've had a uh, a former guest on the podcast, friend of the pod, Showtime Paul Fleming. I've seen you two guys interact on uh, social media, a bit of trash talk back and forth. We're talking about potential yeah. fights in the future. Would that be a fight you you see ever happening? Um, if he signs the paper, <laughs> if he does it, like like I said, yep. like I said, I told you at the start. Listen, I have asked them for the fight and. Not one, not one super fellow in Australia has put my, my name in their mouth in the time that I've been a professional, literally. So um, right. I want to fight everybody. We've offered him the fight, and for some reason we're not fighting. So everyone that's listening right. to this, they can work it out for themselves or they can DM Paul Fleming and maybe ask him what's happening. 
<laughs> oh, we'll have a word to him. We'll see what's going on. There might have been but, a hold um, up. But, mate, I, I love it. We actually, well, I, I believe, this is from what I understand, we tried making it for this fight. And here I am fighting number number nine in the world instead of Paul Fleming because Paul Fleming doesn't want it. Well, let's concentrate on that, mate. That's what we got you on for anyway. So, June 29, we won't keep you all night. You're fighting uh, Matthias Rueda. Any, uh, any sort of final words, what you think? Anyone out there that hasn't watched your fight before or what they can expect to see on June 29, why they should uh, tune in and watch what's going to be a great fight, no doubt. Yeah, look, make sure you all tune in. I, um, I've been working very hard. I feel like after the first fight of Joe Norne, I've really become the ultimate professional and focus on myself, my boxing ability. And um, it's going to be a tough fight. And I think Australia knows, without me even trying to butter it up, I'm, I'm, I'm always in an exciting fight, always come to fight. I punch hard and I get punched. Well, we're trying to, we're trying to stop that, but you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm in an yeah. exciting fight always. And, um, you know, it's going to be fireworks. He's a big puncher as well, and I do respect that. There's no way a guy can be 37 and one and 32, 32 knockouts yeah. yeah yeah pretty crazy I mean, yeah i'm not taking anything away from him he looks he looks very neat and pretty basic but does, he does all the basics right but to have a knockout record like that he must have power and that's the one thing i'm being very cautious of in this fight um obviously you know no put me down four times before he also got the stoppage win so you know i know i can be dropped so i've got to be on my game yeah mate um just again, we'd love to thank you for coming on, um, especially so you know while you're in the middle of camp. We, we, we've absolutely loved it. We know our listeners are going to love it. You've been so generous with your time. Um, anytime yeah. you want to come on, mate, you're, you're always welcome. You're a friend of the pod. Um, once you've got this win and had a few more wins, if you ever want to come back on and update us, mate, always welcome. We wish you all the best um, with the fight in, uh, in a couple of weeks and obviously your career going forward. Um, yeah, just thanks a lot, mate. It's been fantastic. We've mate, both loved it. You know, you guys and my, my supporters and everyone out there. So all the help from my sponsors and that, I appreciate them so much. And it's, it's allowing me to do this right now. And yeah, thank you. And thank you guys for having me on. Good on you, mate. Not a problem at all, mate. Cheers. Have a good night. And we'll, uh, we can't wait to watch you at June 29. Thank you, mate. Cheers. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Tick, tick, boom. Boy, wowee, I'm going to rename this guy Loki Liam because I tell you what, he's absolutely a humble man, a humble character, a man that just lets his uh, fist do the talking, Mako Shark. Another one of these fantastic guests, these great people that we have on the podcast. What were your thoughts about my newly crowned Loki Liam? Loki Liam, no, I reckon he's an absolute ripper, mate. That was a hell of a chat. Just a good fucking good bloke, I reckon. He's a good, honest fella. And, uh, yeah, you've got plenty to go. This is going to be a big fight coming up at the end of June. We'll say it again, June 29th against Mateus Rueda. I think it's going to be a fight. His first headlining uh, first headlining fight there with no limits. So that's a big one for him, a huge moment. And it's just going to be another great fight, another leapfrogging sort of stepping stone on the path to greatness, I would have thought, for our man Liam. Friends of the pod, uh, no limit. Uh, we, we talk about them. We've talked about them in, pre- in previous weeks, months, uh, episodes. They're doing big things to the sport of boxing in this 
country no bigger than giving a man like our man Liam a, a shot at headlining, a shot at uh, being the big uh, the big draw card for an event. So there's no uh, mm-hmm. that, they give all types a go, don't they? It's not just always your Timmy Zoos and they, they nah. if they think you've got what it takes, you're, you're headlining an event, and it doesn't take much for that to happen. So. Talk about a, a company that's getting behind the sport, a company that's giving all types of guys an opportunity to be on the biggest stage of them all. And that, what I think, Mako Shark, is that's only good for when these guys go overseas and have these bigger echelon fights against the bigger uh, named opponent in opposing country. I think this type of stuff actually helps build the sport for the, the punters like us, but it actually helps build the boxers' uh, ability to go into a foreign country against a hostile crowd and deal with it. That's what I feel. I think you're right, mate. I think it's 100% correct. I think No Limits are doing great things for Australian boxing. And as you said, bloke like Liam Wilson's just uh, got the world at his feet. So the opportunity to headline an event like this, such a good company, get a lot of exposure, a lot of eyeballs on them because they're all over the foxtails and everyone. A lot of people, a lot of people watching these events, Matty. They get a lot of attention. So huge stuff. So if you're out there, great segue. Great segue for you there. Give yourself a little segue, Mako Shark, into something else that's got eyes, ears, body parts, fiat, everything on earth. That's a segment like no other. This segment's actually coming off last week because prior to this uh, last week's episode, it was a pretty edgy segment, but you really, there was no one that would have stood against you after last week's segment, Mako Shark. It was one that really uh, rammed home a problem from a world. Such great problem, Mako Shark, and such great feedback that the punters have actually been asking you to move the Mako Shark abode to the States, become a... United States citizen, run for presidency and clean the country up because I feel and the listeners feel and the feedback we've been getting on this program, Mako Shark, I don't know if you've been seeing it in the emails and the DMs and all the letters coming from the doves is the Mako Shark's the only answer. The Mako Shark is the answer. This segment is the answer. The segment's for the people. The segment's for everyone on earth. It is Mako Shark. The Mako Shark Tank. Alrighty, Buddha Fuckers, it's Mako Shark Time, episode 32, and this week, Matthew, I think you're going to come, uh, this is going to be close to home for you, you're going to enjoy this one. This one, this week, I'm coming for Baby Poo. I've had enough of you, <laughs> Baby Poo. All right, What's your issue with Baby Poo? You haven't even got mate. there yet. 30, oh, mate, 37 years I've avoided Baby Poo. This week, it's all starting to hit home, mate. I have seen some salsa verde, I've seen some pesto mixed with a little bit of brown poo. And it's some sort of weird green mixture that just goes everywhere, Matthew. And it's hitting the nostrils and it doesn't go away, Matthew. It clings. It clings. It's, it's clinging. It's, it sticks to the fabric. It sticks to your hands. It sticks to your bloody nostrils and you just can't get Why away. Why is it on it. your hands? The deep clean. I reckon it gets on you via the nappy. I don't reckon I've touched it. But then I reckon I give them a bit of a whiff and I smell baby poo, Matthew. And I've had enough. Don't I've you wash enough. your hands? I'm 10 days in. You do, Matt. You do. But it's just bad times, mate. <laughs> I do wash them, don't get me wrong, but, oh boy, it's going to be fun times here at the Mako residence. You haven't even gotten started, mate. Why do you get the brick long? I thought I'd just put them in the tank early, so maybe she'll get wind of it. She can hear me out there in the kitchen. She might go, hang on, he's not happy with me. I might pull up on these. Tell you what. Oh, because they're not. She's not eating anything, Mako Shark. It's just milk. I know. So like, it's just milky. It's green, though. It's very green. No, but from a smell point of view, right, it's just like... It's milk. It's like, it's not, wait till like, like Leo eats fucking sashimi. He eats olives. Wait till you see that come out the other way. That's a human poo coming out, isn't it? Sometimes it comes out in brick, like rock hard brick. 
and you could actually hit an intruder over the head. It's that rock hard, and the smell will just perfe- permeate. Permeate? Is it permeate, permeate yep. the word? Permeate in a room, and you talk about clinger. This thing clings to the fucking paint. It clings to the fucking mm. shoots. Clings to everything, mm-hmm. regardless of what you do. So if you think if you think if you're putting poo in now, oh, good Christ Almighty for the the baby shark's uh, future episode. She's gonna she's gonna fucking have you shook. Have you shook to your core? <laughs> I thought I'd just throw it in early because I had to clean, clean one up. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday and it was everywhere, mate. And we, uh, I think we might have missed just a tiny. It goes up the back, Matthew. I think we might have missed just a tiny little skerrick that might have just stuck in the, you know, a little long bum crack, mate. I think it might have got stuck in the crack, and we missed it for a few hours, and we could just smell it. We we're just getting this whiff. Like, what's going on here? We've cleaned her up, but no, no, we changed her again, and we went, oh, there it is, a little mystery bit of plop. It gets there. It gets everywhere. Um, yeah, it's a crook world. You know, you, you think world. that you were being pricks to your parents in one day, and you go, if you actually realised what the parents did for you, like with all this stuff, you'd really never say oh. a crossword to them, would you? Like, think it's, about it. You actually, you got to be happy you've got no memory of any of this, because if you did, you wouldn't be able to look at your, like, your parents in the eye, I don't reckon, because it's just ridiculous. Nah. And it happens on the way out too, where you get dementia and then your kids have to wipe your ass. Mm, there you go. There's but a they, and sadly, payback. they get the memory, not you. So it's actually, it's like it's, <laughs> There's the payback. it's quite crook. It's a crook. World we live in, but you haven't even uh, haven't even dipped your toe in it yet. You'll, uh, I look forward. I will to say though, uh, we got three cats. We own three cats, and they deliver absolute demon logs as well. So mm-hmm. I should have put them in the shark tank probably because when they fucking drop out a stink pickle, Matthew, you can fucking feel the warmth from the living room. You walk in, and it's just it's like an entity in there. So I reckon if we're going to be looking at that, I'm pro- I am prepared. The cat shits have got me prepared, but you know I'm looking for something in the Shark Tank. I had I had nothing else, so I just whatever I can think of at the time, I'll, I'll throw. Well, in a lot, there's a lot of dads, a lot of listeners, a lot of uh, a lot of mums. You've got poo stories out there. Send them Tag in. us. Maybe don't send photos. Actually, you know you should. Know no, I reckon stories. photos. Send us your worst. If you've got them, bum explosion. Mm. If you've got them out there and they've just dropped absolute nooses, just fucking chocolate mousse. Are you suggesting that there should be a baby poo ombudsman? Oh, I reckon he'd be uh, he'd quit if you if that was a job. You'd quit, wouldn't you? Well, you fuck it, mate. There's some people who do some weird work, but that would be that would probably. I want to say to you, Mako Shark, I'm glad that like we won't be around for when the world is just a, a big nappy. You mean just what? Too many nappies? Well, think, or... How many nappies have you thrown out in the one week that she's yeah, been alive? Think. I know. Fucking heat. Right. And I'm doing that times two. We're, we're, Leo's bad out of his nap, but think about it, right? And then think of all your pals that have got babies, and that's just them. And think about how big and how much trash that would be, and then think about the world. And think there about must be just the waste. like 100 times more nappies than humans on this planet. Correct. There must be. So many, nappies one day they could take over. No, they don't biodegrade, they, they just fester. Where are they going? Where are they, fest? where are they going? Where are they going? There must be three billion just sitting in a in a heap. Just I don't fucking understand man. what happens to them. With I don't know. With Kurgans, with big fucking Kurgans. Big, big fucking absolute warlords. And now the Kurgan be... only doesn't the Kurgan, does the Kurgan disappear? I think the Kurgan does that biodegrade. It breaks down, surely okay. it goes into okay. the earth well, or something right. and, and, so you're and regenerates. A... I'd like for someone, a listener out there, to tell us what happens to the nappies. How many nappies on the earth? And will there be a time of, in in one lifetime, will there be a time where the 
the the walkways is just a padded nappy. Just nothing but nappy. It's like the ocean, Matthew, with that big uh, plastic fucking in the middle of the ocean, the big waste pile that's just congregated in the middle of the ocean. You've seen that? <laughs> yeah, I've seen like it. Fucking twelve miles long, just of just plastic and trash, just all in the middle of the ocean. Eventually, just be all trash. The ocean. So Someone's going to have to hit day. the reset, but the, 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 there's going to be a, a big fucking meteorite, or it's going to be a reset, a reset yeah. event. I think humans have had, just, their, had their time, to be honest. It's probably, probably fucked it up. It up. But, uh, better than when our parents, when we were in fucking these cotton things that they had to like wash. Mm. Could you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, my mum ran that the other day. She was telling me about that. Oh, you know, we did that. I'm like, that just sounds stupid. Don't fucking tell Insanity. your story to me. I don't care. That's just foolish. Washing, foolish. You know, scraping things out of some fabric and sticking it in oh, the washing my. machine. God. Turn it up, love. Oh, it nah. is turn it up, love. Come on, Jillster. Seriously. Fucking turn it up. Um, right. Anyway, I, I've got nothing more to add because it's it's pretty uh that's a pretty good uh tank this week. I, I don't really want to add to it because I think we should let the uh the nappy be the be the winner of it all. But um tell you what else, we 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 we've got we're a winner as well because you mentioned the Cambosis, but there's a, there's another thing on this weekend, mm-hmm. like, Shark. Tell me it's the UFC. My uh, my arch nemesis, big Rosen oh, strike is yeah. Yep. <laughs> saw some saw some highlights the other day of him. I think when I originally called him out, I thought he was a different guy. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. Is he still pretty scary? He, like I saw when he knocked out uh, Dos Anjos, and I just sort of oh, thought that's yeah. not what I thought this guy was. <laughs> but anyway, I'm in big trouble that's now. Sad. If he answers the bell, I'm a man of my word. But um, well, have he's got him a big out fight multiple that, times. I have. Yeah. Look, he's running scared, but um, he's got a big, a big fight this week on a pretty decent UFC card maker, Sharks. So do you want to just give us a quick now? Just before we get into it, we're going to do a we're going to do a Palmer bet. I know they're not the sponsors of the event. Are we still able to punt through Palmer bet for yeah. the boxing this week? I think we are. I, I had a look at that actually. Only the main seems to be available for us. So, all right. Well, what what, what we'll do? Team. We'll still do. Still do. Your tips when we get into the boxing and give us your UFC, and, and the listeners can either decide to keep them two separate or combine them yep. on the day. That's what I think mate. should happen. 100%. All right? Well, we've got a little fight night on, Matty. We've got a little fight night. Not the world's best again. These fight nights are just sort of ticking along, but a couple of good fights worthy of mentioning. You said your man, Rosenstrike, Jazinho Rosenstrike. Jazinho, yes. So that's going to be a hell of a fight. I just think. Not much to really say. His origin strike's been struggling as of late. I think ever since he got mm. fucking pummeled to death by uh, Francis Ngannou, yes. he's just sort of been treading water, hasn't he? I think he's, uh, he's yeah, running I, for I don't you. Mind the I don't mind the big Volk. I don't mind Volkov. I think he's going to get the job done. I think he's got the skills to pay the bills, as they say. Is there a stat I saw, Mako Shark, that there's 39 or 59 or some sort of crazy number of finishes between the two? Between the two of them, yeah, that's on the poster, isn't it? Thirty odd, thirty-seven mm. combined finishes. It's a so lot of finishes. You wanna, so you want to be a punting and a betting finished. man? Go if whoever mm. you like in the fight. Go to uh, the stoppage. Is where I'd put sink your money. Probably a stoppage. Yeah, I think it's probably a doctor stoppage potentially. We go on a Volk stoppage. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm loathe to put like the extra fucking. No, you got to do it. Extra money on, on the multis to do get it, value mate. because it just seems so hard. Dance outside, do a fucking KO or submission. Do we think though? That's where we no, got just to go. Really you start just go stop. Thinking. You just go stop. Just there's just a, there's, yeah. There's a stoppage only scenario. Is there really? Yeah, there is. Yeah, right. Eh? Well, uh, well, just the listeners can Volkov. do. It. The listeners are big enough, boys. They, they or girls, I'm they can go do it themselves. Yeah. 
Then we're going to push into another fight. Dan, 50K, E-Gay. E-Gay. This is a... E-Gay uh, yeah, on not, the ombre. E-Gay. Yep. E-Gay. I'm not sure if he is or not. But uh, he's fighting a Russian, a crazy Russian, Matthew. 15 oh, and 0, this bloke, as far as I'm aware. Oh. Evlov. Did he say it? Evlov. 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 Like it's, uh, yeah, we'll it's go Russian. with that. Evo. And he's, uh, look, he's, he's a fucking raging hot favorite. He's 15 and 0. He's 5 and 0 in the UFC. And um, just a real sort of grapply boy. So Do we I give Ege uh, any chance? We give him a puncher's chance, Matty. We do. We give him a puncher's chance. But okay. he's been struggling of late. He's been he's one in mm. three in his last four. Hasn't mm. really been earning those 50K uh, performance <laughs> bonuses of late. So he's struggling a bit there. I think Evlov's going to take him down. I think he's going to probably just wrestle fuck him a bit. Oregon, yeah. five rounds. Oregon decision. Evlov by decision. That's my call. He's got five all wins right. in the UFC, all by decision, Matty. So that's a pretty good bet, I would have thought. I've put that in the multi. I don't know about you. Got it. But uh, what else have we got? We I'm got another bloke. I got the uh, the tip off. There's a debut this week, Matty. A debut. Love by a debut. Love a debut. Ukrainian. Love a debut. Love a sicko. Uh, Don't you love a debut and love a sicko Ukrainian? You do. I love both of that. It's a good combo. If you're a sicko Ukrainian and you're debuting, mate, come at me. It's as good a combo as you can ask for, personally. But um, so, what's his I'm name? The exact numbers. Wait. His name's Askar Mozharov, which sounds pretty Ukrainian to me. Does Askar Mozrahov and he's I can't remember the exact number now. I looked at it last night. Twenty-seven and four or twenty. He's had a lot of experience, a lot more than most people debuting. And yeah. uh, he knocked folks right the fuck out. He uh, in all manners. He spin kicks. He does flying knees. He does reverse Turkish fucking heel kicks. He does this. That. He goes bang with the left, bang with the right. He's knocking blokes out left, right, and center. So he's fighting Alonzo Menafield, who's a fucking pretty dangerous Morning. character himself. So this will be a uh, I reckon it's a pretty good fight, Matty. I reckon keep your eye on Who are you tipping? You're going to debutante? Yeah, it's hard to go past the crazy sicko Ukrainian on debut. How do I spell his name? Putting him in the multi. Mozarov. M-O-Z-H-A. Yeah. H-A. Rov. Rov. be there somewhere. I'm just writing it There it is. I'm going to put it in later. I'm putting it in later. $2.40 for the sicko Ukrainian on debut. So I think that's juicy. I like that a lot. Be honest. I'm, I'm just, I'm just writing these down. Well. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in later. That's all I've really got for you at the UFC this week, Maddie. The rest of them I don't really have too much uh skin in the right. game to give any astute tips. Three, three there. legs is good because you, like as I said to the listeners, you can either run two separate multis or you can mm-hmm. take the three and parlay them yeah, into parlay. the next. You can do the ball sack into the next uh event, which we're gonna I think we're gonna talk about right now. Are we not? Why don't we? Why don't we? So we've got uh, we've got a massive day Sunday. It is a humongous day for the sport, not only in this country but the world, because it's not every day you get a fifty thou. Fifty thou. We're going to get a fifty thou uh, for the punters though, and the people playing at home. It's a, you better get your better get up and about. It's a nine a.m. start time. Yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, it's a real how's your father. Um, mm-hmm. Mid-strength at Marvel. Mid-strength at Marvel at nine is what they're asking for. It's a, so, oh, it's a big scene. It's not only, though, the main event that's really got some some juice. There's some, there's, it's, they've actually gone against what boxing normally does, and they've delivered a pretty decent card, Mako Shark, have they yeah. not? You want to talk us through a few matchups that 
caught your eye and we'll, we'll, we'll start a separate multi. But like I said, the listeners want to chuck – because even though they can't do it right now, you'll be able to do it on the day. It's always the way. So we'll just give them the name. Yeah. They can write it down with a pen. Yep. They can even listen to it's it again. It's a long card, man. Listen. Don't give it's us a all big, long card. Give, I won't give you yeah, all big, of them, but a few select card. highlights. The Big yes. Daddy, Lucas Brown, not to be confused with Big Daddy Julian James that we had on last week. I wish it was him, to be honest. His tits were on notice from last week, so I'm nervous for him. And his tits. His tits? Remember I said he'd get his tits punched off. <laughs> That's right, you did too. See, I'll tell you, I've had a baby. I'm forgetting things, mate. Mushy, forgetting mushy, things. mate. This is, this is unlike you. You've only got an elephant is. brain. Oh, Mushy making, he's, right. he's gettable, listeners. If you got, if you want, if you want to trick him, you could probably say he owes you mm. seventy. He'd probably have to pay you in a minute. Yeah, Mushy making, I'd pay right up. But uh, we got Who's, big daddy. What are the odds? Have we got odds in this fight yet, or not? Is this one of the? I no can't odds? find them. No, I can't okay. find them. I can only find it's the junior. main event. Okay, talk us through. So, it. Yeah, big daddy uh, versus Junior Far. Junior Far, mate. This is going to be a hell of a fight. A couple of heavy hitters. What are you thinking? Well. I'm telling you, it's not going the distance, and if it does, oh no, people people will be wanting a refund because the boys will gas, and yes. we yes. don't want that. Big Daddy looks for his power puncher. He's a power puncher. Never got out of mm-hmm. first gear against Gallon because Gallon's a pretty clever guy. Knew right, knew he hadn't had a huge camp. Knew he probably underestimated him a little bit and walked forward and got into his grill and hit him early before he could be hit, which I thought was pretty good. And then Big Daddy's follow up to that, he had a pretty uh, lackluster, as we mentioned, to Jeff Fennick. The night we had him on the podcast, when he, I sort of said I enjoyed the way you commentate because you really just tell it. Like he went, oh, he's landed a punch, and it's the seventh round. But uh, he was pretty uh, unrelenting. But then he got the knockout. It was a pretty bad knockout. So, I mean, often guys don't want to engage with a man of that size, and he's a world champion. Let's not let's not forget about it. He went over to Chechnya and won a world title. Um, not easy to so, do. Not easy to do. So he's... He's coming off a win, and I guess if he he's now he's a squid man. He's become a squid man. He's he needs to keep winning to be more squid overseas. So he's definitely definitely preparing better than he did against Gallon, but still doesn't seem to have a trainer. He just does his own stuff, which always worries mm-hmm. me. His opponent mm-hmm. is coming off a loss back in 20, 2021, Sorry, against uh, Joseph Parker. So that's there no uh, there's no no mean feat in losing to him. No. Like, trying to beat him, no shame. It, you know, he's he's world class and would be fighting for the belt if he wasn't besties with Tyson Fury because they've said they'll never fight each other. So he's yep. sort of unlucky yeah. because he needs Tyson to yeah, big competition. So he got he got, I think, stopped in that fight, if my memory serves me correct. And he's coming back with a vengeance. And we talk about that one loss snakes and ladders. He's he doesn't want to be a two-loss boy. So you've got one man that's a squid man, one man that's looking for a bit of redemption and hasn't fought in a little while. So two heavy hitters, two power punches, two big boys, and I dare say it's not getting out of the sixth is my prediction. Sixth. And I That's a fair call. I'm thinking only because of Big Daddy's age and unless he's tricking everyone, the, the lack of training that I can see or trainer, I just feel like Junior Farr has a little bit more skin in the game to go, potentially. So if he's got anything about him, he'll win this fight. But that's – I like Big Daddy Brown. I've met him. He's a lovely fellow. I just – I'm a bit worried for him in this fight, a bit nervous. I think he's a step up on his last opponent and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, has fought world-class like Joseph Parker type. So Big Daddy's into his 40s now, and I just – yeah, I don't know. That's my nah, thoughts. Fair enough. I would have thought. I think nice little wrap-up there. I think you might be right with what you said. I'm probably going to just tip Junior Far myself. I think you'd get over the line, as you said, fighting a bloke like Joseph Parker coming off that type of experience. I think he'll just get the leg up. It might just be a, uh, a bridge too far 
for Lucas Brown. Tell you what we might do for our listeners too, because one of our great guests, friend of the pod, Mako Shark, Alti's a great tipster with boxing, so we might even just reach Mm -hmm. out to him and say, give us your best bets for the day. And look, Mm -hmm. if he says Big Daddy, we might change our minds. We're easily persuaded because I know he's got a, a, a funny knack in selecting uh, even round victory. So, look, we might do that for the listeners. We'll reach out and see what if he'd like to to give us yes. uh, some best bets of the day. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, and I think we go stoppage because if it's anything other than that, yeah, it's no, going to be a I long day. I can't see it going the distance. I hope it doesn't for everyone's sake. We move on, mate. We've got a couple yes. of big fights coming up. I want to really get a Brian here. A couple of friends yes. of the pod, Matthew. Team yes. Maloney, Andrew and Jason Maloney, our boys. They're coming up. They're both on the card and we're both – we're very excited for both of these fights. We've got Andrew Maloney up against Alexander S. Benoza, which should be a yes. good fight, but I think it's just going to be an Andrew Maloney clinic, to be honest. Like, let's can you see it going any other way? But our man just getting it done and getting it done in style. I'll tell you that I haven't got a great uh, knowledge base on uh, on his opponent there, S. Benoza, but I would say yes. he'll be world class because uh, the boys they don't sort of hide what they want to do and how they want to get there. And to do that, they're fighting quality opponents. So I yep. think it'll be hard, but I think the overall ability of our man will uh, will shine and the class will come to the front on a home soil. Big occasion, I think uh, I think he'll be too good um, in that fight and really set the uh, the home fans into a excitement ball of, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but he's yeah, he's going to get hmm. the fucking... Going to get the crowd going, Mako Shark. Boy. Melbourne boy yeah. in Melbourne at fucking Marvel Stadium, 50,000 people getting Footy around a hometown too, boy. So they're pumped. They're Footy pumped boys. They had John O'Brien just the other day. Jonathan Brown was getting around them. They're down at bloody Dutton's getting some fucking fancy cars given to them yeah, to drive yeah. around town Tolge, for the week. Tolge, tell you, so mate. Tolge is a – he steers the boys, Tolge, doesn't he? He's a good Tony, steerer. Yeah, Tony Tolge, mate. He's getting the, getting it done for the lads. Tell I'm a big fan of Tony Tolge. He's a, ge- he's a gentleman to deal with. Mm, he sure is. They all are. Mm. Team Maloney's just are. fucking A-grade stuff, mate. And then Correct. as we move on what from uh, Andrew, we push on to his identical twin brother, Jason Maloney, and he is fighting, Matthew, for the vacant WBO bantamweight world title. So this is fucking huge. Another world title a, on the line here. This ain't a fucking cookie-cutter belt either, Mako Shark. This ain't like any sort of, you know, one of these ones that just looks like Mm-mm. it's pretty. This is a, this is a fucking... This is one of the boys. This is a good belt. This is a belt that really will, if he wins this, which he will, this is taking you to the next level, isn't it, this? This isn't any this sort of no, IBF. Uh, this ain't no bullshit sort of $2 shop belt. This is your, this is your real deal sort of stuff. He's against Aston Palit. How do you say this, Matthew? Paliste. I don't even know how to say it. I'm uh, so sorry. Let me have a look. Aston Palite. Palikti. I don't know. I'm butchering it because I've had two hours sleep, Matthew. But you know what? It doesn't matter because Jason Maloney is going to fucking run through him. He's going to run through him. He's going to uh, be too classy, too strong, too prepared. Too fast. Just too good. Too right? slick, too sexy, just the whole lot. <laughs> I'd suggest he's uh, he's just five goals better in the wet than this bloke. And, I, you know, I, that's, that's sort mm. of uh, for the listeners. That's a footy analogy for all you boxing mm. MMA types out there. But that suggests that he's, he's if it's a dry day, he's 10 goals better. So he's a lot yes. better is what I'm trying to say. I reckon. In a long-winded way. Yep. So, look. Both Maloney brothers on the same card, home soil, 50th hour, world pay-per-view event. This is as big a occasion for these boys and as well-deserving a, a, a occasion for them because they've gone and done all the hard work overseas. 
They've gone and fought without the fanfare. They've done all the – and these are the guys you want to see on this card, in my opinion. Mate, 100%. 100%. And then it's a bonus to get a world title, right? We're all talking – we've had our guest on Jai Pataita fighting for a world title. A lot of world title pay-per-views on separate cards. This is a, this one is well within its right to be a, a, a another event, this, this mm-hmm. fight. So mm-hmm. we've got this as an undercard main event. Uh, that's the fight before the main, am I right? I believe so, Current, yes. So this is, this is fantastic lead-in. Imagine the, the, the crowd, the buzz, the hype, the fucking vibe when he goes yeah. out and wins a world title in front of the 50 thou leading into I'm the main, which you're going to get us fucking juicing up in a minute about that. So I just think well done to all involved, and it's good to see good people get rewards and opportunities on the big stage that they've really parved away for other boxers. Yep, 100%, mate. They've just been slogging away, these two. For many a year, and they get yeah. This is this, this is a bit of reward for effort if he can get this belt. So it's going to be great. I'm excited. I can't wait to watch it on Sunday. And as you said, we push on into the main here, Matthew. This is the one. This is the big fight, the biggest fight. Uh, I don't know. People say the biggest fight in the history of Australian boxing. It could be. It could very well be. Potentially, probably going to be. It's right up there. Let's be honest. George Cambosis, Devin Haney for the undisputed lightweight unification. Oh, fucking cook the word unification. This yeah. is a big one, Matty. This is just fucking huge. It's for this all the bells just... and whistles. But I was talking to uh, my co-worker them, and my boss. Come on, tell my boss and co-worker today over lunch. Like, it, it's been set up beautifully for uh, for Cambosis because he either wins, right, and he's the undisputed, and then he's probably getting into that sort of north of sort of six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar fights, right, on the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, 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 you're the guy then, right? Or, and mm-hmm. he's probably getting paid a couple of mil for this comfortably anyway. Then if he loses, say he loses, in the contract he had the rematch clause, and I'm pretty sure the rematch clause is Australian. You can correct me Australia if I'm wrong. Again. No, but then he correct. gets another crack yeah. at being the – so he's not getting – he's basically getting two shots at being the undisputed. And mm-hmm. look, if he can't get it done in two, well, then he's just not – not as good as the guy, is he? Because you can, you can lose a close one on points. It's very rare it happens twice. So – Whoever has been behind that is beautifully tactician because they probably know he's fucking world as he, we know he's world class and he's as good as most. He's going to go out there in front of Australian fans, home soil fight for a undisputed all the bells and whistles. And if worst case he gets to do it again by the end of the year, it's just it's it's fucking it's crazy exceptional, for the sport. Uh, it's exceptional, exceptional stuff. work by his management. The contract they've managed to uh, get for him there is just fucking incredible. As you, so said, you either go 10 mil fights or you get another yeah. crack at it. Like, and then you've got all the belts then and then you, you go overseas then. But I think he's going to get it done, Matty. What do you reckon? I think he's going to get it done in one. This is a big fight. You've got 20 and 0 versus 27 and 0. Someone's O has to go here, Matthew. It's one of the old cliche that should fights. Have been the, uh, you should have been the promoter. Someone's <sighs> yeah. O's got to go. If you're the gotta man, go. so that's what you'd go with. Gotta go, but someone's oh, is it Jimmy Lennon? Like, is it that Jimmy Lennon guy? You know that cute little guy? He's a cutie little Lennon. You know, uh, hey, boxing. You know that yeah. little fella? Yeah, that guy. You know the yeah, little, the little skinny guy, Jimmy Lennon. Someone's who's gonna go? Not to be confused with Jimmy Luffnan. It's not Jimmy Luffnan. It's definitely not fucking Luffnan. Old fucking face gap. Not Jimmy. Not Jimmy. He keeps stabbing me. I'm gonna die. Jimmy, fuck off, Jimmy. But um, well, that's what Haney yeah, will no. be saying. You keep jabbing me, I'm going to die. Yeah, I think George Cambosis. He looks dialed in, Matthew. He looks ready. He looks like no, he's he uh, he's really sort of taken like a duck to water to this whole I'm the world champ sort of stuff. He, he's got the 
got the head wobble going. He's dressed to the nines. He's looking like a champ. He look, he's acting like a champ. He's talking like a champ. He's dressing like a champ. So I reckon he's going to go out there and he's going to fight like a champ. And I think he's going to get the job done in front of the home fucking home crowd. This is just going to be monstrous. The place will be rocking. I've seen a man rock a beige overcoat as oh, well. Yeah. As our man. Phenomenally well. George Cambosis. Look, I'm nervous for him because <sighs> you see on the weekend with um, what's his face against, we, we, we sort of said maybe Rolly could get tank. the win against the tank, tank and everyone sort of, we've always big. And sometimes there's levels to it and you just get it. You just, yeah, I don't know. I'm nervous. It's, it's, it's not definitely not going to be a fucking... An easy fight. It's gonna. I feel it'll go the distance. Personally, I think it's gonna be a war. I think so. Uh, I he's think shown. Are, he's shown the ability yeah. to take a huge hit late, so he's already fatigued. Mm-hmm. And then against a man who's big for the division and known as a finisher, and didn't get stopped. So his heart is as big as any, and his ability to fight through adversity is as big as any. So that to me, unless you get one of these unlucky, uh, what do we call them? You know, the temple, the. Uh, well, you know, it knocks your knocks your center of gravity, but we, we've we've called it on this fight before. It happened to the head splitter when it knocks oh, their yeah. uh, equilibriums. If you, equilibrium. Unless he gets an equilibrium shot, that like a Joshua against Fat Boy mm-hmm. Ruiz, a fluke like a Barry Hall takes your legs out from under. You. Unless it's if it's on his chin, though, I, I don't think he'll be stopped. So we'll learn a bit about the American. On uh, on Sunday, Haney, I think, Mako Shark, will learn about what he's made of. We know what Cambosis is made of because we've seen it and the world's seen it firsthand. That's why we're in this position. And he's he's uh, he's gone over and taken a hard fight. Uh, no one gave him a shot in hell. No one still gives him a shot if you look at the odds. I'm, look, I look today. Mm. It's $2.70, is he not? $2.60? Yeah, uh, quite, quite the underdog, which I uh, I saw that. Yeah. But look, both uh, look, men, very tactical, mm. aren't they? They're both very skillful, both very tactical sort of fighters. I, I, as you said, I reckon this will go the distance. I reckon it's going to be a bit of a chess match for, a, for at least the first mm. few rounds, for sure. But um, it's going to be a high-level affair, no doubt about it. No other of them are going to be going out there swinging like crazy or leaving themselves open. So it's going to be a chess match, Matthew, and I'm looking forward to it. And so we're going to go Cambosis. We have to. On this pod, we have to, mate. Hometown boy, we we got to get around him. You know what I mean? So we've got Both. far stoppage. We've got the Maloney's and Cambosis for the people playing at home. And look, if there's some other stuff that opens up, and we get Ulti, some best bets from Ulti, and maybe some rounds or some some method of victories, and you want to get a bit fancy, we might post that come mm-hmm. uh, come yeah, uh, Sunday for playing at home because I know that they Ulti's love picks. they love the Palmer bet. And while we're at it, we'll thank Palmer bet for. Not only sponsoring us, but just for being a fantastic uh, punting agency for all the punters at home. And we also say, Mako Shark, you must just, for the love of Christ, punt responsibly mm, and listen to this episode responsibly. And yep. uh, what what else have you got for us around this event? Is there any undercardies that you just want to have a little bit of a laugh at? Is there any sort of big, big boy, big truck boy type sort of, you know, the big sort of, how's your boobies really? going type of? No, none of that. Sort of, no, they haven't really uh, put any sort of freak shows on the card, which is a shame. But uh, I don't know. I haven't got much more for the undercard. It's all a little bit uh, – I want to shout out our man, Benny Marnie, friend of the pod, who was supposed to be on this card too. I don't know what the fuck happened there. If you've been following on the drama that was on social media a week or so ago, Matthew, two weeks ago. No, I've seen him talk about it, but I, I've got the two – He was it's supposed to be on the card and uh, he got the contract. I don't know. Something happened. It was a fucking shit well, show. Who was he, he supposed the, to fight? I think that Danilo – 
Criati, is that his name? Danilo Crash Criati. Crash Criati. Ash Barty. Not long ago. He, yeah. Apparently they were fighting and uh, he was excited. Benny Money was pumped. He was on the card. He was up and about getting into camp. And then all of a sudden they got told, nah, your fight's been pulled. For God knows it. what reason. So no one seems to know. Someone's pulled it without telling the uh, Nuna boy. Is this a Nuna boy guy? Is this a Nuna boy move or is this a, a world no, move? Who's know. the move? I don't know. I actually don't know who this move was, but uh, it's left our man Ben Marnie high and dry, which is a shame because I would have looked forward to watching him on this event. So it's a mystery. He deserves to be on the card too because he's he lives and yeah. he, he, he as we've he said, he's it. not just a talker, he's an, and he's an undefeated fighter. He should be on the fucking card. He should be, mate. He should be right up there. So that was a uh, that's a misstep by whoever did that, but that's all right. Misstep. He'll, uh, he'll get he'll get back out there and he'll have a fight. Well, he might be on the card come later in the year if if it goes pear shaped on Sunday, or he might just get another opportunity with the no limit guys or whatever. He's he's got plenty of plenty of uh, upside, and he's still a younger man, so he'll be right. He'll 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 he uh, right. oversee the adversity of that. But um, we talked about. Did you watch the? Did you see any of the tank? Rolly, it was quite I did, uh, mate. bizarre in the end. I did watch it. Uh, can we just shout out how bad? I didn't really watch any of the pre-build up, <laughs> the press conferences and that. But Jesus Christ, that Rolly character, that trash talk he was trying to deliver was literally the worst thing I've ever seen ever in any any. Do you know what it world. felt like? It felt like it was he was joke. doing a bad impression of Marlon Wayne's. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Like he was like yeah. someone trying to be Marlon Wayne's at, and doing the worst job of it. That's what it felt like to like me. Like a really, really bad Saturday Night Live sketch, trying yes. to be Marlon Wayans, trying to be a yes. tough guy boxer. And this the whole Correct. world, you could hear a pin drop. Like, is this bloke right? Or he, I don't know if he's right, though. Is he all there? Is he, is he the interesting part of that fight was he was billed as the bigger man, which he was, and landed flush in the first round, mm-hmm. and it didn't. It, it 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 got his attention, but didn't. And then he was the one that ended up getting stopped. So it's just fucking mm-hmm. very. As we've talked about, there's levels to levels. this thing, and sometimes there's levels. We get caught up. We we offered some value. We weren't we weren't believing in it because we obviously got we got butt fucked by uh, Canelo only a fortnight ago. So we sort of felt like instead of always going the dollar twelve dollar fifty, give you know have a crack at something, and that's what we did. But. Yeah, no, that was cl- he's class above. Um, he's oh, come yeah. out and said he won Big every time. round and he wants a rematch. He'll never be in the ring with that man again. Oh, that, that's my prediction. <laughs> Look, see, in his credit, he, he looked all right early. Like, he probably won a okay. couple of rounds there, but let's not come did out. see I the sequence that led to him being knocked out, though? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So we, we don't Levels, talk mate. too much technical stuff on this, but that, to me, you watch that in slow-mo and you watch the way he transitioned and walked forward and just left himself completely open, to me, shows mm-hmm. that there's levels to this game. Well, he's because that was... inexperienced mm-hmm. at that level. Correct. Yes. 100% levels to this shit. To come out and say those things that he... Oh, mate, you can't still be talking trash after getting absolutely fucking dropped face first. He would have gone face first into the ground if the ropes didn't hold him up. So... Maybe go back to the well and uh, just get better, mate, and just work your way back up. Don't talk trash. We only have to look in our own backyard, right, to see a way a man can handle defeat that might be seen as embarrassing and handle it the right way. Great. Head splitter. Charm. Yeah, head splitter. Got caught. Got caught. Beautiful Wasn't wasn't on the level against him on the night. I'm going to shut the fuck up because I got beat. I got stopped. I got got stopped in the second round. So that's Mm -hmm. it, right? I'm going to go away. I'm not going to go on my honeymoon. I'm going to get back to work. I'm going to marry the love of my life. Just all level, just tick, 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 and then get back in and have another fight 
to set yep. the record straight and not asking for oh Remo, yeah. not, none of that, none of that shit. Right? He's like, I don't deserve yep. one yet. I've got to, now. I've got. He understands the game, the snakes and ladders. He's dropped down. He's got to win back to that point and hopes Zarafa's still at that point and not past that point, right? Because that's how it works. It's a silly system, but that's how it works. That's the way you handle it, Mako Shark. You just say, look, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. And it's the same with the tennis players. Oh, I had a back injury. You're playing against world-class. You can have an off night. You just say, I wasn't good enough. It's the same mm-hmm. in boxing, I isn't it? Like, take ownership. That's this what you is have why to do. the you can UFC talk is talk. better. Yep. Yeah, blokes because don't tend to do that. Some of them do. No. Some of them do. But uh, That's right. Yeah, I think just take ownership of your performances. If you get beat, you get beat. There's no shame in admitting that you got beat on the night. And as you said, go back to work, get back, grind, figure it out, come back bigger and better than ever. And as you said, our man, the head split, a textbook example of doing just that. He's coming back. He's fighting at the uh, the Opatia card. That just got announced, Matthew. We're excited for that. It's going to be a hell of a card coming up. What's that, June, July 2nd or something like that? July 7th? One Correct. Of I'll be getting it. I'll be watching, and I can't wait to see our man head splitter get back on the uh, on the winners circle. I was uh, disappointed. Like disappointed, it's not in Melbourne. That one. I would have loved to get to that oh, one. Mate, it's a we, it's, yeah, almost got to go move to Queensland. Like fuck's sake! I've said to our man the coconut tips. He's just fucking bathing in just great boxing events, and we don't get a sniff down here. Ones we do Shout get out to the really coconut fucking... tips. You, you follow along with his training regime. He's a he's, oh, a, he's a fucking axe. What a man! He is. Uh, he's actually inspiration. If you're out there, he's doing the big challenges. I don't know what it is seventy five day fucking thing. He's out there twice a day. Dos workouts a day. He's doing sit ups. He's doing chin ups. He's doing runs. He's doing weights constantly. The man's in good nick. He looks like a fucking brick shit ass at the moment, and I'm on him. He's an inspiration. At some point, I'd like fella. to get him on the podcast because I like. You know, he's not he's not a um, professional fighter or anything, but I, I like he trains. I just like his mentality, Mako Shark. He's got a good yeah. outlook. And I reckon some listeners might need, you know, some people that have tough times and you listen, you, you just feel good when you see his content, that guy. He's always smiling. He's always yeah. doing something positive. He's, I like I, him. I'm a big fan of his, actually. I'm a big rap. And I, I like, I like his little routine before he does a lift, a little sort of tit whack and a sort of hoot. And he yeah. goes up, he goes with the big 160 boy. <laughs> he's doing a, he's doing some work, mate. He's flinging the. I thought iron about around. trying it last night, but I thought my back will hate me. I was going to do a little sort of hey, and then I wouldn't Oof-a. get up. There. No, Oof-a. you don't want to do that yet. No. Take your time. Take your time. But yeah, we'll get him on, I reckon, because he had us on his live and share the love around, spread the the positivity, and we'll get up to Queensland. Or he'll get down to Melbourne at one point, and we'll uh, we'll drink some fucking piss cans, I reckon. Bloody oath. Let's make sure he's in, uh, not in his seventy five day. Uh, uh, thing. I think you, know, you can still drink a piss can. Maybe. Good. I hope. Right. I hope. So big, big, big weekend for boxing. Uh, big weekend for UFC. There's some. This. Well, just just quickly. If is this one of these fights, the Volk, Rosie sort of. Is this one of these ones that leads to nothing, or is is, is do you think? Uh, nah. Do you think? In, do you think in their loins they think that they can actually get back up and mix it, or do you just think they're happy to be fight night boys? I didn't really oh, ask look, you that. Let's be honest. No, I, I think in their own mind, I think all these fighters have to uh, believe in themselves that they can get back up there and try and win a world title. But I don't mm. think it's going to happen for either of them, is it? I don't think Volkov at this point no. is going to get back up into that contention. I think Rosenstrike has shown himself to just not quite be at the level of the uh, the tippy top. I think a John Jones would just laugh in his direction. We saw what Ngannou did to him, just disdain, like a rhinoceros, just no respect and just bulldozed him. So... 
Look, I, just, I think a Stipe would run through him. I think even like a fucking uh, airman, Bam Bam Tuivas, would probably have his way with him. I think Garm would have his way with him. So I think it's yeah. just a fight night fight, mate. I think it's one of these fight middle night, of the boys. road. We've got to give them fights because they're on the list type of fights and uh, hopefully some, I don't well, know, hopefully something happens. Well, the listeners and I, again, appreciate the, uh, the newborn Mako Mush getting back on the pod, keeping our weekly run untarnished. Mm. But I mm-hmm. think that's about mm-hmm. enough. We've uh, we're, we're excited. We, we've got some exciting guests next week. Uh, we won't say who it is just yet because you know you don't want to mold things. But I'm excited, and you're excited. They're excited, and uh, that's a little hint. But anyway, we're. Uh, I've Hopefully, got they was... will be even more excited after the weekend. That's a little tip. Correct. Correct. Mm. That's right. Wink, wink. Honk, honk. Mm. Bingo, tweak, bango. Tweak. Um, Tweet, tweet. So, like, i got nothing else. I want to wish all our uh, listeners a great weekend. Hopefully they're either going to the event or they're watching the event. If you're watching, maybe this would be fun. I don't know. Just get, send us a photo and just uh, who the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ooh, Who's there? Do that. If you're there, get around it. Come on. Who the fuck? Do that. In Even the if building. you're watching on yep. your telly, sit, take a photo of the event, tag us, we'll share. You know, get, let's get a bit of a thing going, you know, one of those things. Yep. Let's feel the vibe. Australia's biggest boxing day in many, 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 many years. Come on, feel the vibes. Get around the boys. So I'm, ex- uh, I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. I'll, uh, that's me done. I'll, I'll, yeah, you, you, you lead us out, Mako Shark. You've been fantastic. Look, I've tried, mate. I'm going to go probably have a quick kip on the couch after this is all said and done, Matthew. Thank you once mm. again. I love you. Big shout out to uh, our guest, Liam Wilson. Much appreciated you jumping on, mate. Hope you had a nice time talking to the lads. Shout out to all the No Limit guys as well. Our man Tim that reached out during the week. I want to say thank you to you. If you're listening, mate, you're a fucking ripper. I'm happy to happy to have uh, had a bit of a chat with you. And hopefully we have uh, many things ahead for us. It's going to be great. Love the No Limit mm. boys. And uh, thank you to Palmer Bet, Australia's greatest bloody gambling agency. Bet responsibly. And everyone at home. You've forgotten one rooting. thing. Oh, you shit. Forgot, don't into, you forgot one thing. Yeah. What? I know what you're Mako Mush. What have you, yeah. what have you been doing today? And what have you been celebrating? Oh, shout out to the Dale. Happy birthday! Oh, so you got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right at the end, we'll, we'll throw it in. Happy birthday to the Dale, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Mako Shark. She's currently in there, just trying to put down a child who just won't bloody sleep. Go to bed, fuck's sake, Jesus Christ, give us some rest. <laughs> all right, love her, love the Good kids, on, yeah. love Maddie, love everyone listening, love you all, and I'll see you.